Just a minute. I'm coming. FBI, open up! Just a minute. Hello, everybody. This is Legal Man. Welcome to the show. This is going to be a good episode. I'm going to talk about voting and how it's a complete waste of time and a scam. And I'm going to walk you through the case of Texas v. White, which involves secession and the Supreme Court saying you're not allowed to do it, and try to use that as a way to show you what a total fraud the constitutional conservative freedom and government of buying for the people and consent of the people is in a practical sense and show you how the Supreme Court has completely and totally made that undeniably clear. So, And for people who don't know me, I'm a lawyer. I've practiced for more than 30 years. I'm America's most trusted and beloved lawyer because I tell people the truth that just they don't hear anywhere else. <laughs> and I'm a self-certified master practitioner in this area. I gave myself that award almost 20 years ago for all the great work I'd done. And I recently gave myself a Lifetime Achievement Award for the podcast and all the work in that. So I'm pretty proud of that. <laughs> all right, enough fooling around. Let's go ahead and get the show started. So I'm going to do a show about Texas v. White, which is a famous Supreme Court case well, famous, famous among people who kind of don't like government. And I'm doing it because we talk a lot about secession, I do at least, and I know that secession is the only possible solution, even though I accept that in all likelihood it probably won't happen. Uh, But I think that just having the discussion about it is sufficient to do a lot of what the only answer is, and that is to wake people to the concept that there's no answers inside this system. We have to decentralize. We have to get people to see that there's no consent. That's why I do all that Spooner series, because once the illusion is gone that our government is a freedom machine, then there won't be so much support for it by all the people who we need, the people who are good people who want freedom and liberty but are being drained off into the constitutional conservative ditch. And that's the only hope. It's true. We, even if we got secession in a place, they may or may not come and try to get us out. They may come with military. Regardless, all those different kinds of things, the curtain is fully pulled back at that point. See, right now they hide behind the idea of secession and stuff. They couch it in all these racism terms. And then they pretend like the government itself represents freedom. And the people who wanted secession, they were people who were racist and bad people. And that wouldn't be possible any longer with the next secession. And that's why it needs to be discussed all the time. And Texas v. White is a case from, I think, 1868 or 69 or some crap like that, right after the Civil War, that the Supreme Court, in effect, it didn't necessarily hold that you couldn't leave. In other words, you couldn't secede. But it's close enough and it's always cited as such. Technically, I think the holding has to do more with some of the minor points with regards to who can bring a suit and the disposition of the bonds that was actually at stake. But it is an essential piece of the holding that there was a finding, in effect, that secession is not permissible, that there's this indissoluble union. And I want to do some of that because I want to show people that the idea that your vote matters at all and that 2022 is a turning point or 2024 is a turning point and that something's going to actually happen materially to alter this direction is a fantasy. And it's a very destructive fantasy to freedom because all they're doing is running out the clock. 
and see if you're only allowed to vote within the system, which is what you are clearly only allowed to do, and that's the only solution available outside of lawsuits within the system, then the people who run the system know there is absolutely no threat whatsoever to them losing power because the system is the power. See, the system is the power, and all you're doing is arguing about who it is that's supposedly in control of this system. That's a loser's game. And that's what the constitutional conservatives drive everybody into. And I'm just so tired of hearing about 2022 and the turning point and getting organized, and it's just getting cranked up. I mean, it's just idiotic. See, if you aren't allowed to vote to leave the system, then that should show anybody who's being objective that your vote doesn't actually matter. See, it doesn't actually matter because the vote that would actually matter would be a vote to say, you know what, I don't care to participate and we're leaving. See, that's a vote that matters. If the vote can only be that, well, we're going to have this government telling us what to do, this corrupt, gigantic government that's so, so out of control and gets to stand in judgment of its own so-called authority, if you're only allowed to vote within that, then that's no different than voting within a prison about who's going to be your warden. That's no different than the voting that went on in the Soviet Union that goes on in communist China. It's no different. It's a fake, false vote. It's like voting for the North Korean, whatever they calls himself, emperor, tyrant, whatever the hell he calls himself, prime minister. I don't even know what he calls himself, dictator, <laughs> supreme ruler, some shit like that. See, that's, that's the thing is that... The vote that matters is the vote that would actually show you have rights. And the only rights you can ever really actually have have to do with you versus the state. Not once you're in there and the state's arguing about how many rights you might get to have. You can wear a mask. You don't have to wear a mask. No, the only issue that matters there is whether or not you live under a government that has the ability to force you to wear a mask. Not whether or not the government's doing it or not. It's whether or not you live under a government that could do that, that has that power. And, of course, that's what we do live under. We live under a government that literally claims the authority to take whatever amount they care from you and to literally close your business down whenever they care to. And if you disagree with them, they just take you and they put you in a cage and then they put you in front of a kangaroo court that they run and then they put you into a cage permanently or they have you executed. And there's not one damn thing you can do about that. The only vote that matters is whether or not you can actually vote to say, I don't care to participate. And we're told endlessly about the idea that the people uh, themselves are the government and that the government's authority comes from the consent of the people. And that's why I do that Spooner series, because it just shows that that's not true. See, none of that's true. But Texas v. White is key because it's cited all the time, just like that ridiculous Vax case I did the show about. And I'm not going to do the entire case here. I'm just going to give you parts of it because I may at some point do a full show on it. But I want to show you some of the key points and the way the court handles them. And anybody who's familiar with my material, certainly all the people on Patreon who listen to all my shows, because there's a lot of them that don't go out in the public at this point, they understand the way courts construct so-called opinions by setting standards and burdens, and then they find previous cases that made a statement, and they pull a sentence out, and they, they, they call that precedent, and then they use it, and they build it up like that. Well, this case was very different, basically a case of kind of first impression for all practical purposes on a lot of issues, and they don't actually cite a lot of stuff. They just make shit up. 
That's all they do. And it's all totally and completely inconsistent nonsense. And I want to point it out. I want to point it out and, and just kind of go through some of the uh, syllabus. And the syllabus is, is not the whole case. What it is is they take language from the case and they put it in order to kind of be able to read a summary. So these statements are from the case. They're just not all the statements made in the case. And sometimes they're somewhat out of order from where they appeared in the case. In other words, you want to read it, you read the syllabus, you know generally what the case said, and you can go in and find details with regards to each one of the sections. And so it's a pretty convenient way to go through it. And ultimately, what the case was kind of about is money, which is really all that any of these things are about. They're ultimately about money, which means control. And in our system, of course, now we have a totally fake money system. But this thing was about some bonds that Texas had in its treasury when it seceded from the union. And then they used them to pay some people to get some armaments during the war. And then when they lost, what happened was the federal government came in and installed a totally fake military government in there and filed suit to basically for an injunction to stop payment to the people that had gotten paid. So in other words, once we won, they wanted to make sure the people who had supported them didn't get paid. <laughs> so it had nothing to do with high terms of con consent of the people or freedom or anything else. It's just about money. And all the other stuff was just bullshit. And this is how it came forward. So. What I want to give you is an idea of some of the ways that these issues are so important because the, the terms they use, see the terms they use is state, the government, freedom, consent, it's all utter horseshit. And I want to show people the way Texas actually voted to secede and what happened and the way the Supreme Court views that and the utter and complete contempt they have for what they call the consent of the people and the consent of the governed, which they run around and claim all the time. So they run around and claim it all the time. <laughs> so I'm going to read some of it. Here it is. The word state describes sometimes a people or community of individuals united more or less closely in political relations, inhabiting temporarily or permanently the same country. Often it denotes only the country or territorial region inhabited by such community. Not unfrequently it is applied to the government under which the people live. At other times it represents the combined idea of people, territory, and government. See how many different ways the state can be interpreted. And the reality is it's not defined inside the Constitution. It's not defined. So it can be anything. And so here's what they say about that. In the Constitution, the term state most frequently expresses the combined idea, just noticed, of people, territory, and government. A state, in the ordinary sense of the Constitution, is a political community of free citizens <laughs> occupying a territory of defined boundaries and organized under a government sanctioned and limited by a written constitution and established by the consent of the governed. Okay, so they tell you there that it's this thing. Sounds great, right? Consent of the governed, right? You're going to see later how that is just out the window, completely and totally out the window. Let's continue. But the term is also used to express the idea of a people or political community as distinguished from the government. In this sense, it's used in the clause which provides that the United States shall guarantee to every state in the Union a Republican form of government and shall protect each of them against invasion. So even though the Constitution doesn't say in what way it's using it, the Supreme Court decides that this is the way they're using it. And so now this is the so-called law of the land. And see, the federal government is supposed to secure a Republican form of government. 
to every one of these states. That's one of the requirements. And by invading a state which has a Republican government and saying that they don't, it turned the entire concept on its head. See, it turned the entire concept on its head. And that's why the Supreme Court has to use this utterly nonsensical kind of reasoning you're going to see to justify this idea that you weren't allowed to secede, even though it's a combination of the Republican form of government that has the consent of the governed. You're going to see how much the consent of the governed is completely and totally ignored in all their mishmash, made-up nonsense. The Union of the States never was a purely artificial and arbitrary relation. Um, <laughs> what does that mean? There's no citation for that. There's nothing. It's just something they're saying. See, they, they set the argument up so that then they can then supposedly come to a conclusion. But their statements themselves are not necessarily true. But you can't challenge them because they're the Supreme Court, and then they're used as citation, and that's exactly what goes on in this case. It began among the colonies and grew out of a common origin, mutual sympathies, kindred principles, similar interests, and geographical relations. Well, all that, of course, is gone now. We don't have any of that. They've made sure that's all destroyed, but they continue to call it a country. It was confirmed and strengthened by the necessities of war and received definite form and character and sanction from the Articles of Confederation. By these, the Union was solemnly declared to be perpetual. And when these articles were found to be inadequate to the exigencies of the country, the Constitution was ordained to form a more perfect Union. <laughs> uh, you see how they already start setting it up? See how they already start setting up? The Articles of Confederation and the Constitution have virtually nothing to do with each other. They're so diametrically opposed, and I've done an entire show setting it out. Entire show. So this is the heart of the argument I'm about to give you that the Supreme Court states to supposedly justify and claim that this is a indissoluble union. And you've already heard how they set it up, right? That it was the Articles of Confederation claimed to be perpetual. Okay, well, what does that mean? It just, just means that it's not set for an end time. It just means it doesn't run for 10 years and then you have to re-up it. It means that as long as the people want to support it, it continues. That's it. That's all it ever meant. And in this Articles of Confederation, it, the idea that this thing was indissoluble is absurd because the vast majority of things, certainly on the level of declaring war in, in a so-called uh, rebellious state, it had to always be unanimous. So the idea that the Articles of Confederation could have ever justified going down and getting a state and declaring war on them is absurd because the vast majority of anything important had to be done unanimously by all the states. <laughs> See, and what happened is that once you got the Constitution, then you were able to have this majority of states abuse the minority. And that was the big discussion leading up to the Civil War is that, look, once the South realized that the president and control of the Congress had all been wrested and the Senate without any Southern support at all. Well, the writing's on the wall at that point. They are a permanent minority class that will simply be abused, and that they were out. That's why they left. See, and that is not possible under the Articles of Confederation because of what I just told you. And of course, that's just completely ignored and eliminated from the discussion by the scammers in the Supreme Court. Now, let's listen to how they, they explain this. But the perpetuity and indissolubility of the Union by no means implies the loss of distinct and individual existence or the right of self-government by the states. Oh, no, of course not. It doesn't never do that. On the contrary, it may be not unreasonably said that the preservation of the states and the maintenance of their governments 
are as much within the design and care of the Constitution as the preservation of the Union and the maintenance of the national government. The Constitution, in all its provisions, looks to an indestructible Union composed of indestructible states. That's utterly and completely made up nonsense. There's nothing about that. that and everybody knew when they signed on that this was not in any way indestructible. That's asinine. The only reason there's nothing spoken there about secession is because everybody knew that you could leave. If a state didn't like it, they could leave. And if any of this was true about the indissolubility, the indestructibility, and the inability to leave once you were joined, that would have been heavily discussed in the so-called Federalist Papers, right? We would have had all sorts of discussion about this. If the people were crazy and insane enough to believe that they could bind everybody for all times, which is the Spooner arguments I've gone over, but even if this stuff was legitimate and the people were actually believing any of this, it would have been heavily discussed. Hey, if once we do this, we can never leave. This state is in there forever. It just gets absorbed into this Borg. That would have been a very heavy point of discussion for people who chose the Articles of Confederation, right? In order to get the Constitution, that's why I'm showing you the constitutional vote and all this stuff. It was a scam, 100% scam. So let's go on. When Texas became one of the United States, she entered into an indissoluble relation. There's absolutely nothing in any of the paperwork that says that. And there's nothing about in the law that would recognize such a thing. <laughs> nothing. The union between Texas and the other states was as complete, as perpetual, and as indissoluble as the union between the original states. There was no place for reconsideration or revocation except through revolution or through consent of the states. <laughs> Think about that. So the idea that you can leave, that the state is something with the consent of the governed, and that it's an individual entity that's representative of the people, whether they can continue to be in the United States is not something that the people in that state have any say over. They've switched it such that it's the people outside of your state who massively outnumber you who actually get to decide whether or not you're allowed to leave. See how insane that is? Of course, there's absolutely no citation to anything in this. This is just something the court is saying. But that's the argument. That's the entire argument right there. See, that's the entire argument right there. It's absolutely utter nonsense. They just make the statements that it was indissoluble and perpetual, and that's it. There was no place for reconsideration or revocation except the revolution or consent of the states. That's your freedom. That's the consent of the government as far as the United States government is concerned. And that's why they went down and killed everybody and pretended that it was a rebellion when that's not what happened at all. They actually voted to leave, and we're going to get to that. But think how insane this is. Think how far away this is from consent of the governed. Completely turns it on its head. And, you know, you don't study this case in law school. I mean, absolutely not even getting close to this damn thing. <laughs> Let's continue. Considered as transactions under the Constitution, the ordinance of secession adopted by the convention and ratified by a majority of the citizens of Texas and all the acts of her legislator intended to give effect to that ordinance were absolutely null. They were utterly without operation in law. The state did not cease to be a state nor her citizens to be citizens of the union. And how can they make that statement? Simple, because they say considered as transactions under the Constitution. Well, right, the Constitution doesn't have a transaction like this, doesn't speak to it. So there's nothing there. But it doesn't say you can't do it. <laughs> and so if this was something the government wanted and was well, they were happy about it, they would just say that the, the Constitution is silent on that. And, and then they would cite the Tenth Amendment or the Ninth Amendment, right? 
Why don't they cite the Tenth Amendment? Ninth or Tenth Amendment? Why don't they cite it, right? There's nothing in the text of the Constitution that says you can't secede. In the Ninth and Tenth Amendment, they make it clear that all the stuff that's not given to the national government is re- retained by the states. But see, that's no part of the argument. Why? Because it's a scam. See, it's all a scam. Hi, it's Legal Man. I hope you're enjoying the show. If you appreciate the unique insight and information I provide, then go over to my Patreon account for The Quash and become a member. I have bonus shows and material, early access, and it's a good place to meet like-minded people. I have people ask me all the time, what can we do, legal men? (laughs) Well, start by voting with your pocketbook. It's the only vote that really counts. Support things that tell people the truth. Getting people to understand the truth is the only solution we have to this insanity. Look, I get it. There are a lot of people who can't afford to support my show with money. But there are a lot of people who can. And if you can and you like the show, you should support it. That's what free markets look like. The people running this scam, they have unlimited funding. I don't have support of that system. In fact, I get harassed because I tell people the truth that they don't want the people to know. So we have to stick together. So go sign up. Now let's get back to the show. There's nothing in the text of the Constitution that says you can't secede. In the Ninth and Tenth Amendment, they make it clear that all the stuff that's not given to the national government is re- retained by the states. But see, that's no part of the argument. Why? Because it's a scam. See, it's all a scam. <laughs> it's just 100% a scam. There's absolutely nothing about it. And that's this is, you've heard now, the entire argument that the court makes. See, because the court doesn't have to make an argument that's compelling. It just has to say words. And then that supposedly becomes the law of the land, and you're bound to it. And then those words get repeated over and over. See, so now anybody who wants to can simply come forward and say, consider it as transactions under the Constitution, the ordinance of secession adopted by the convention and ratified by the majority of citizens of Texas, and all the acts of her legislature intended to give effect to that ordinance were absolutely null. They were worth utterly without operation in law. The state did not cease. They can just say that. Anytime there's a secession, they can just say it's not permitted. Why? Because it's long-standing precedent. The Supreme Court has ruled. See, there's a principle in law called something that's not justiciable. And when something's not justiciable, it means that the court has no say in the matter. And the court has no say in whether or not a state wants to leave the union. There's nothing in the Constitution that gives it the authority. And there's nothing in simple reason that would tell you that if this country, if these states have anything to do with the consent of the people, that when the people vote to leave, that's what their consent of the people looks like. So it's not justiciable. It's not an issue that the court has any say about. None. See, they just take authority here and act as though what they're saying is legitimate. But it's not. See, it's not. (laughs) Then they go through a long series of explaining why it is that they can actually have jurisdiction in the court over this case with subject matter and personal jurisdiction. Uh, And then they go through some arguments about what happened when the state was not actually a state, but it was under supposed rebel command and all this other shit. And then they justify having a military government in there as being legitimate and therefore, the case can move forward and they can make sure that the bonds don't get paid out. <laughs> it's just all made up. But I want to go through what they say in the opinion. Okay, This is the history they give with regards to what happened for the secession. 
And I think it's important for people to know, and I'm bringing it up now because I'm showing you that if situations like this are not recognized by our government at the Supreme Court level, if votes like this aren't acceptable, then all discussion about having a government that is representative and has the consent of the governed is utterly ridiculous and nonsensical. It's just utterly and completely ridiculous. Let's listen to what they actually say here. Here's how they give the facts that are necessary to explain what happens when the rebellion broke out and what Texas did. And this is the heart of the issue with regards to really it's just shining a bright light on what a fraud the idea of consent of the people is and the idea that your vote matters. Your vote doesn't matter. This is, if this doesn't prove that your vote doesn't matter, nothing can. And if your vote doesn't matter for a vote as important as this, which tells you what government you will live under, the idea that your vote inside the system they force you into would matter is absurd. It's a fantasy. It's silly. That's why Spooner's so important. So here's what the court has actually said. At the time of that outbreak, Texas was confessedly one of the United States of America having a state constitution in accordance with that of the United States and represented by senators and representatives in the Congress at Washington. In January 1861, a call for a convention of the people of the state was issued, signed by 61 individuals. The call was without authority and revolutionary. <laughs> was without authority. What does that mean? It means that the constitution didn't allow it. It means that they don't like it. That's all. It's not without authority. It has as much authority as this fucking Supreme Court does, but they just make this statement. It was without authority and revolutionary. Under it, delegates were elected from some sections of the state, while in others, no vote was taken. Okay. It's hard to get something together quickly in a place that's basically empty and uh, a wilderness. <laughs> These delegates assembled in state convention, and on the 1st February 1861, the convention adopted an ordinance and here's what it said. To dissolve the union between the state of Texas and the other states united under the compact styled the Constitution of the United States of America. So these guys that got together, these were people who were organizers, pushers, you know. They didn't want to be part of the United States anymore. So they got together. They had a little convention. They said, look, we're going to dissolve our uh, union with the United States. We're going to go our own separate way. All right. That's what was done initially. That ordinance contained a provision requiring to be submitted to the people of Texas for ratification or rejection by the qualified voters on the 23rd of February, 1861. So it wasn't like they just decided to do it and that was it. No, they said, look, let's put it the people. I thought this is a government of the supposed consent of the people. So they have no problem putting it to the people. Let's see what the people want. Let's see what else happened. The legislature of the state convened in an extra session on the 22nd of January. 1861, passed an act ratifying the election of the delegates chosen in the irregular manner above mentioned to the convention. The ordinance of secession submitted to the people was adopted by a vote of 34,794 against 11,235. <laughs> Think about that. So they had this thing. They set it for a vote. The people voted. And they voted three to one in favor of leaving. How is this not the government of the people? This was the legislature itself set the vote. The legislature that was a state sanctioned under the Constitution legislature, it decides to have a vote. 
and three to one, the people vote to leave. <laughs> three to one. And look how few people actually had to vote. That's a total of 46,000 people voting in Texas. That's it. That is a, such a small town. So yeah, this is a point I make over and over that all of these rules, the founding, the Constitution, the Civil War, and all these things, they occurred with nobody voting. The idea that they can vote and bind hundreds of millions of people in the future forever, it's just idiotic. But here we are, three to one. The people want to leave. That's it. They want to leave. <laughs> I, I, what is there to say? This is why the case that the Supreme Court lays out is such a total load of shit. If this doesn't show you that your vote is meaningless, the only thing that matters is the federal government staying in power. That's it. It's all it's about. And the fact that they let you vote red versus blue and control the whole thing in a faked up deal, if this kind of case doesn't show you that it's fake, that everybody continuing to keep you in this process, to keep you in this system is not on your side, then nothing can. Nothing can. Let's continue. The convention, which had adjourned immediately on passing the ordinance, reassembled. On the 4th of March, 1861, it declared that the ordinance of secession had been ratified by the people and that Texas had withdrawn from the union of the states under the federal constitution. That's it. They didn't commit a rebellion. They didn't run off. They didn't say, we're going to try to destroy the union. They just said, look, we don't want to be part of it anymore. We leave. That's it. They did what everyone's told we're supposed to do. They got the people together. The people voted. They voted three to one to leave. And that's it. They left. Think of all the things that have been shoved down your throat with these faked up 50.1% votes or one single vote on the Supreme Court. And then they shove it down your throat and tell you it's constitutional law. You have to obey it. See, that's the way the system actually works. That's the way it actually works. (laughs) Uh, I don't know. I mean... Once you see how fake the so-called consent of the people is, you can never go back. So you can never go back. And see, that's why I do Spooner, because these high-sounding words that they throw around, constitutional conservatives do, about the United States and the Union, the consent of the people, and the freedom and the liberty and your vote and all this shit, it's utter nonsense. See, it's complete and utter nonsense. And this case proves it. See, this case absolutely 100% proves that your vote is meaningless. It's, it's totally and completely meaningless. They will ignore it. <laughs> they tell you that the United States is there to, to keep a Republican form of government, representative government in there. Well, the people in Texas had one that had been approved. And by three to one, they voted to leave. There's absolutely no basis to keep it in except these blanket statements that it was indissoluble. Nothing in it was indissoluble. I've just proved that as well. Because before you entered into something that was supposedly irrevocable and could never be raised again, there would be a fantastic amount of discussion about that. But there's no discussion about it. See, there's no discussion at all about that in the so-called ratification vote for the Constitution because everybody knew, yeah, you ratify your end. Look, if you don't like it, you can always leave. You can leave. It doesn't mean you, you do it lightly, but, you know, when it became obvious that you're going to be a permanent minority just getting stepped on all the time, then what's the point of staying? And see, they can abuse any state they want now because the state's not allowed to leave. Any group of states, not allowed to leave. 
<laughs> and if you don't have the, the numbers to either win votes in Congress or to get constitutional amendments, which require 75% of the states, then you have literally nothing you can do to protect yourself inside the so-called system. Oh, you can go to the Supreme Court. I've showed you again and again. This is what the Supreme Court does to a minority position. They just ignore it and block it out and tell you that you have to stay. And they just make shit up and there's nothing you can do. And if you don't like it, they bring the government men with guns to kill you. That's what they made clear. That's what the Civil War made clear. That if you try to leave, they will come kill you. And that's why secession needs to be discussed because it's couched in terms of racism today and has been for decades and decades and decades because government has control of schools and the people are brainwashed. And of course, both sides of the argument out in public on the political sides, every side loves on the Constitution, loves on Lincoln, loves on all this stupid shit, keeps people in the dark. But now you know the truth. See, now you know the truth about what Texas v. White says. It's no more precedent for anything except for the precedent that the government is an outrageous tyranny. It's a non-justiciable issue. The Constitution is silent on the issue. That means the Ninth and Tenth Amendments apply. That means they're retained by the states. It's not complicated. But they ignore all of that and they jam people in. And they justify it all for money and to kill you. That's it. As long as you continue to live in a delusion that the federal government is there to help you, then you're just part of the problem. See, and as long as you continue to promote these constitutional conservatives and media who run around and keep you inside this box, you're part of the problem. See, you're part of the problem. You want the right thing, but you're part of the problem. You are the one who's preventing actual freedom from ever occurring. Because it can't occur under this document. It can't. This proves it. It's been on the books now for 160 years, and people continue to pretend that this is a free country of by and for the people, will the people, all double talk, just all complete made-up nonsense. So, well, that's what I wanted to say about it. I wanted to show people that this is why I have such contempt for voting in 2022 and 2024 and every single person in politics and media who promotes this country and this constitution as some kind of thing that can produce freedom. The evidence is all around. It's just all around that none of that's true. Not one part of that's true. It's an illusion. The only reason you have any freedom is because it started with so much freedom and empty land that it's taking a long time for it to get taken away. But it's all getting taken away. It moves in one direction. That's all. It moves in one direction. We're going to have way less freedom in five years, 10 years, 20 years, 50 years, 100 years, if there's anybody here. You see, it will never stop because it's always justified. And that's why those constitutional conservatives and media are such dangerous actors. That's why they're so well paid by the millions and millions of dollars. They allow them on radio and TV and they promote their books because it promotes a complete con job that somehow that's the solution. And until people wake up, there's not going to be an answer. And best I can tell, the people aren't going to wake up. They're not going to. <laughs> you know, we need some people who are very wealthy to get behind this. They, we need that. But we don't get it. Why? Because they're all bought and paid for. They're all bought and paid for through the Fed pump. That didn't exist in the Civil War in the time of the so-called revolution. That didn't exist. There was no free money printing system that could hand you free money like they do now. Now the entire economy set up on it. All these fucking super rich people, Musk and Bezos, they're all just beneficiaries of the fake money system. They're just selected. That's all. They're just chosen by government to succeed. That's all. Give me this better mousetrap horseshit. You don't understand what you're talking about. No idea. We need people to get behind an actual freedom movement, which means secession movements. The kinds of things I talk about in my What Can We Do Legal Man show. 
Those are the things that can actually work. And if we don't do those, then we're screwed. We're screwed. That's all. Every one of these other solutions about inside this system with the voting and to get the right people, that's never going to work, guys. It's never going to work. So, so that's it. Show ran long. I knew it would. It's not a problem. People who want to learn about this stuff can follow me on Twitter. I'm legal man at U.S. Law Review. I tweet about this kind of thing all the time. And I want to thank the people who are in Patreon, who support my show with money, who, you know, that's where the rubber meets the road. And the people who like my show normally like free markets. They want freedom. And the people who step up and actually support my show, they put their money where their mouth is. And that's a lot of integrity. And, you know, if you like my show and you look forward to hearing my show, I don't understand why you don't support my show. I don't get that. But (laughs) whatever. I just, people are inscrutable. They're inscrutable. So, but thank you to the people in Patreon who actually do support my show with, with, with money and make it worth my time to tell people because I take a huge amount of grief and the kind of stuff I tell people, it's not available anywhere else. That's all. It's just not. There's lots of people doing lots of great work. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying the kind of thing I do, there's nobody else is doing it. And I don't even know if anyone else can do it, to be honest with you. I just don't know if there is anyone else who can do it. The more I do it, the longer I do it, the more I expose, the more I realize there may not be anyone else who can really do it like I do. There's other people who could do something similar, but they're not going to do what I do. So, so there's that. Anyway, that's about it. Um, I think I'm going to wrap it up there so we can move on. You guys have been a great audience as usual. Everybody have a nice night or day wherever you are. Take care. Thank you, everybody. Let's put your hands together one more time. Legal man.